Welcome to the Cult of Comics, the only show where the price of admission is the same as the price of submission. I'm your host, Tyler Brown. Today I'm joined by my usual criminals, cultists, and camp counselors, John Walsh and Josh Craven. How are you guys doing? How much hey, how's is, every- what is the cost of a submission? You. you don't talk that- before me. <laughs> it's the same cost as the price of admission. Okay, that's the question. Thank you. It's actually, it's very easy. If you want to find out more, go to patreon.com and check out Cult of Comics podcast. <laughs> In fact, I'm going to start doing a tier that's just like the beatings will continue until morale improves. Or mm-hmm. there's going to be a tier called Drink the Kool-Aid. <gasps> yes. I got to think, you know what? And Thank that's when they become me. a member of the podcast. Obviously. That's when it's going to yeah. be like, hey, come on to the show. You can come on here and do something. We, you want we need to have like a tier where they tell us what to read for a week. I'm really actually I that is a tier we actually have I have put down there before. Um, it is uh, you tell us what we're gonna read, what we're gonna talk about. Um, you can come on the show and talk about it. I mean, they, people get involved with it. Patreon has really stepped up their game. I went onto the website to just make some small adjustments, and then I come on and they're like, "By the way, do you want to make some clothing?" And I'm like, "Yes, I would love to make some clothing. Let's do it." I just have to figure out what image I want to put on everything. But I mean, we're gonna have stickers. We got mugs. We've got uh hoodies we've got portraits i mean we really have like a supply of stuff that we can start doing now for people who are like fans of the show and to those of us who are subscribers i mean you guys have the opportunity at this point right now and by the way even just listening to us on spotify breaker all of that locations that is still supporting us patreon is just another way that you can do that uh for us so check it out check out patreon.com check out cult of comics podcast you'll be able to find our stuff and a really awesome selection of stuff just for uh, signing up and supporting us. Let's get straight into books then. Yeah, so this is Sunday, April 18th. This is our book uh, club part of the week, uh, part of the episode. Um, It's been a good week for comics. uh, This is one of the strongest weeks since I started reading, I think. It's a feast. Don't get me wrong. I definitely feel like last week A feast, your eyes. I feel like last week was stronger, but uh, uh, what was last week? It, maybe last it week was, was stronger, but this week was more expensive. Yeah, no kidding. It, it felt, I felt last week way. was, yeah, last week was very good. It's been a strong few weeks. Yeah, this is a uh, this. Why is it always summertime? That oh, like some of the best stuff. Look at this. Out, I swear. Look at this. Oh, oh, I know. I'm gonna go blind I, from reading this much. My wife will love me less for having bought that, this many comics. See, the joke's on you. You're, how much does your wife really love you? Let's talk about that, really. Hey, man, she made me dirt and worms. Is that a sex thing? We don't talk about that on the show, man. Come on. This is a family podcast. I ate it all. That sounds like a Montana mudslide. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. You should, shit, you on just a like a... shit on a shingle? <laughs> I'll shit on your shingle. It is kind of like a pancake. It's like a pancake? Is it shaped like a pancake? You know, I had an accident. An industrial accident. Was it a smelting accident? Sure. Apparently I'm the only one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Do our Austin Powers jokes offend you, Sean? I I just don't really know what's I just don't really know what's happening at this point. Oh, that's right. You're too young for Austin Powers. Yeah. Austin Powers, he's the man I'm for you. Are you drinking alcohol? No. From the bottle? 
Are we that difficult to talk to? You have to drink yeah. vodka from the bottle. Yeah, Sean, we talked about this. We we That's... worry about you. You went to the pub last night. How can you drink more right now? Practice. You know what? This is he's he's probably just thirsty because of all the pussy he got last night. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hashtag pussy monster. <laughs> all right. That's hashtag. Me. <laughs> Hashtag Yoko Ono. Yoko Ono. <laughs> All right. So what are we talking about first? We want to talk about so home. Get, yeah, get straight into home number one, written by Julio Anta and art by Anna. Someone help me here. It's nope. okay. I'm no, I'm wanna, I kind of want to watch you struggle. It's kind of fun. Weistreich. Weistreich? Weistreich. That's what I'm going Let's, for. Do you Was think it's chick? Do you think she's uh, German or Polish? Polish. Weiss's chick. Weiss's chick. Say it fast enough, and they won't know if you said it right or not. And all by Anna Vazich. <laughs> well, we can just say that Sean was drunk, and uh... well, I mean that's technically true, so I guess that works. Is it technically true? It's all I mean, it is in all I senses of the word true. Uh, so yeah, I think this, it's pronounced visigisk. That's what I said. Sure, it could yeah. have been. So visigisk. this this is a very heavy comic, and it deals with immigration to America from Mexico under the Trump administration. Yeah. Okay, this is uh, 2018, 2017. That it was like it said in um yeah well they they printed like the actual uh uh printed actual quotes yeah like the actual oh, memo I haven't read it yet uh because I ordered it but you I haven't read it yet? it yet okay well I... the start starts with uh, dialogue uh or maybe you might call it a narration but it's literally like the uh whatever mandate. Uh, no, it's definitely a quote. Somebody was reading out about it. I got to Google who it was. You guys keep talking. I'll get on this. God damn it, Josh. Go on, Sean. Come on, Tyler. Take the conversation away. Yeah, please. Like, leave the conversation to me, the guy who hasn't read it yet. Fuck. Yeah, so right. the opening sort of scene is this mother and her son, as well as lots of other immigrants, traveling from Guatemala across all kinds of terrain, jumping onto trains, jumping off of trains, just to get to the border to come across to the US. Mm -hmm. And it's really powerful. It really is. Because over this, you have what Josh mentioned, where you've got the actual quotes about um, the borders being closed and parents and ch children being separated. Mm hmm um, and they get to the border. They're not crossing illegally. They're going through all the proper channels to seek asylum. But still, the mother and child are separated. They're left in this big, like, warehouse room thing with, like, a um, fence around it to keep them all in. That sounds like a prison. Yeah, like one of them, the uh, like a chain link fence. Yeah, it's called the icebox. It's a cage. So that's a real thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a real that's unfortunately a real thing. Um this is a lot of stuff that I 
one of the reasons why like I actually enjoy being on Twitter was a lot of the conversation that I got to have with people uh, where I got to learn quite a bit. And that was something that was brought up pretty heavily was uh, ice boxes and ice box detention centers. Um, mm -hmm. I forget what they called um, ice uh, employees who were basically there because they wanted to hunt down people of like darker complexions, but um, yeah. well, yeah, that, but they were, they gave them as like a specific name. I think they called them like ice hunters or something like that. Some really fucking weird dark name. Um, yeah. But they call it the ice box, you know, because of ice, but they also call it cause it's sure. cold in there. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's kind of a double meaning sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I'd like that there's actually comics that are dealing with this right now because I don't necessarily want like strictly political comics all the time 24 7 but I mean I want some I want people to address what's going on I mean I don't want something to just like nobody's talking once the announcement about the forced hysterectomies happened it just went away again like nobody started talk was talking about it afterwards there was very little conversation and, and that just breaks my heart because why are there should be more people having conversation about this i'm happy something like this exists yeah uh, yeah and it takes a turn at the end because the main child starts developing superpowers interesting i didn't yeah. expect that okay i was i was curious about that because i saw one of the uh uh variant covers shows him out of fence you know, grabbing it with his hands, and he has one hand that's glowing. Mm. And I thought that was just, you know, some artistic license or something. I didn't like expect it to be like, oh, that's him manifesting his powers. Right. You were thinking that it was like a metaphor or something that was just like meant to convey a message yeah. rather than the actual content. Yeah. Do you think it's like a Pan's Labyrinth scenario where maybe it could be happening or like this is just a way for the child to be coping with the, the trauma around him? No, it, it's, it's definitely it's real. There's a okay. uh, letter in the back uh, from Julio Anto uh, talking about uh, wanting to create a uh, Latinx superhero. Mm. Did he say Latinx? Uh, let me go back through here. Because I was gonna say that seems like like some people yes. are still using that. But that's interesting to me because I've actually heard from you know Spanish speaking people that they hate Latinx like that term yeah. because it's I not have like heard that. A, yeah, right. Like I've heard that they've said like yeah, we don't really like that because it doesn't flow well with like our language yeah. and it feels yeah, like a, a white. Quote. Yeah, yeah. At the same time, I was doing a lot of thinking about the lack of Latinx heroes in American comics and representation as a whole. Is that it? Uh, there's, oh, it's a long paragraph, but I thought that was yeah. the important yeah, part. I, um, I guess the thing I was just trying to say was like Latin has been the thing that I've heard. So I'm surprised to hear about that. Okay. I feel like I still hear them say Latinx on NPR. So, well, that's because white people on NPR are using what they think is the more, the more acceptable term right they're, now. They're trying. No, I mean, they are, but I mean, it's just, it's something about like educating yourself. And sometimes there's, it's just a lack of information. It's not necessarily that they're doing it to be menacing, right? Yeah. The only reason I know is because I was corrected multiple times. So it's all a learning experience. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I think the art's a little wonky in this issue. It's, it's not bad, yeah. but there are a few panels where it really, like faces, body shapes, hands. Any, 
Yeah, anytime that they aren't really close up, the characters almost look, uh, you know, chibi, chibi. You almost look chibified. Chibi, yeah. Like, uh, uh, here, I'll find a good one. Uh, probably near the start where they're, you know, trying to get off the... Uh, nah, it doesn't come through very well. Yeah, well, I think that... I think that's probably because, you know, when you have that smaller panel, I mean, you're trying to just like convey the image. Everything of, just like, kind of feels like it's been squished a little bit. Yeah. I see that with some of the champion stuff uh, going on in the comics as well. Yeah, I see exactly yeah. what you mean. It's an interesting choice. All right. I mean, I'm looking forward to picking it up still. Is it it's still a pretty good story? Yeah. Yeah. Really well written, uh, really powerful. So the first half of the book, the mother and son are together, but it's right at the middle of the story that they are broken up. They're split apart and their paths separate. Mm. So the second half of the book is following them on, you know, their separate paths. Okay. I think we're going to see a lot more of that the rest of the comic. I mean, it's only a five issue limited series. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to commit to it. So I'm looking forward yeah. to it. It's no more um, than 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For for an interesting story that's got something to say. Um, yep. I also didn't read this following one, but I know that you were interested in this, Josh, uh, because it's Jules Verne, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, hold on one second. Yeah, Jules Verne's Lighthouse Number One, written by David Hine and art by Brian Haberlin. David Hine, where do I know that guy from? He created. War Machine and Hulkbuster. Wow. So he's a he's an old comics writer. All right. Yeah. Okay. He definitely likes machines. He's done a few signings at my local shop as well. Okay. Um is he English? He I don't know. Most likely. Hang on. He's Googled also and yes, he is. He did a series at Image last year or the year before called Sonata. If anyone read that, I've heard of it, but I never actually had the chance to sit down and read it. Um, God, what was that one about? I don't know. Oh, I never read right. it. It's uh, it's another one of those um, clash of two worlds stories, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got so a what do nice. We think? We've got a great wraparound cover right here. I really like it. Okay. Uh, I think it's I think it's a pretty good story. This is who published this? this? Is adapted Image. from uh, Jules Verne's uh, The Lighthouse at the End of the World. Uh, it was an unfinished book by him. It was published. It was uh, published after he died. His son basically finished up the uh, novel for him. Mm -hmm. So this is from uh, around the year 1900, 1903, I think. Okay. And, it's funny how so we talk about this, and we were talking about. Silmarillion being finished by Tolkien's son on the previous yeah, episode. Yeah. yeah, they were going through his stuff. This is like one of three or four books that were published after he died. Um, okay. And a lot of people say, you know, Jules Verne is about, you know, he focuses on sci-fi stuff, but that's really just a tool that he used. He didn't really say that his books were sci-fi is what I'm reading. He thought it was more about traveling and the adventure. Okay. So in... Uh, the lighthouse at the end of the world, it's a lighthouse basically on the cape of whatever 
in Argentina, the southern tip of South America. Okay. Uh, you know, they build a lighthouse to guide ships in. And so this, all the characters in it are basically adapted from that book. You know, you got a character in the book, they make it into this. This is a far future adaptation, which I, I really enjoy this type, type of uh, genre where they take something and adapt it either to present day or to far in the future. future. So Treasure yeah. Planet from Disney. Yep. Treasure Planet is like the first thing I thought of. You've got, I was just trying to create a list of those. Uh, you got like Easy A with Emma Stone. That was the Scarlet Letter. Yeah. You've got 10 Things I Hate About You, which was uh, Taming, Taming of the, the Shrew. Shrew. Yeah. What did you say? You said Cruel Intentions, which was uh, Dangerous Liaisons. Right, That's yes. French as well. Uh, a lot of I know Count of Monte Cristo has been adapted to uh, modern day as well as... Uh, there's like an anime far future adaptation. Yeah, but I mean, it's hard to, I don't know. The book in itself, I think is pretty, is decent enough. That it's not that hard to translate, you know, now to that time. It's, it's, yeah, it's a story of revenge and the, the, the poisons of revenge, but also the benefits, you know, it's, there's a lot to, there's a lot that goes along uh, with that story, but I, I just don't, sometimes it's really fun to do that, but it's, it's a really big risk. You know, I mean, sometimes it really doesn't pay off. Um, yeah, iRobot was really well done. I thought that the way that that was handled was awesome. Um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I'm, I'm glad to hear you're enjoying this though. Yeah. So instead of being at the end of the world, this is basically at like the end of the known universe. They're basically a way station mm. for ships just passing through, avoiding wormholes. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's actually kind of cool. Um, we basically have. You know, the crew is very small. You've got, you know, three humans, a robot, and some kind of pig dude. He looks like one of uh, uh, Jabba the Hutt's employers, employees. So this is already starting to sound like a Douglas Adams story, which is interesting. Yes, the, the robot is kind of like... Uh, shit, what's the name of the robot in... Uh, I should know this. You just read this. I, know, I just read it. I know it's played by Warwick Davis. I think. No, um, he's he's acted as Warwick Davis, but he's played by Alan Rickman. Right. Okay. My bad. Um, well, you were half right. We we've kind of gender bent quite a few of the characters. The main character, you know, it was just a bunch of guys. I think in the lighthouse, but uh, the main character is female. Um, I think one of the characters is like gender fluid because it character's name is Felipe, but it looks slightly sure. feminine. They always refer to Felipe as they. What do you feel about like Sean? Have you read this too? I started reading it, but I really couldn't get into the art, and I really found you it. You were just into it. It's it's just three D models to the mm. extreme. How do you feel about it, Josh? It sounds like you have some interesting like things you wanted to point out about the book before you said anything. I, I like it. Um, they definitely put a lot of threads out there for, you know, mysteries that need to be taken care of or looked into. Mm. Well, uh, let me put it this way. If you were to compare it to some of your favorite stories that have been written in comic format, would you say that it holds kind of stands next to that with it, with a certain degree, or do you just like it for what it is at this point? 
I like it for what it is. I mean, it's not okay. the best thing I've ever read, but it's definitely a lot better than some other ones. Okay. It's it's a little better than Middle of the Road. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, it Does starts it out you with... Feel, you know, like, motivated to read it, or...? Yeah, no, I'm definitely in for this. This is only okay, cool. five or six issues. Uh, like I said, every character has... They basically discover that every character has some secrets. You know, they're not just mm. some boring, you know, lighthouse attendants. I guess the, the thing about stuff like this is that it's interesting to see an author now create something and then try to build off of something that's already been made like that because the story is there. You know, all you have to do is just figure out a way to transcribe it and tell it in a new way or make it interesting or keep it interesting. That's the thing that makes it in the uh, uh, the storytelling experience uh, yeah. enjoyable, especially when it comes to something that's an adaptation in a way. So, I don't think it's exactly three D models. This looks a little better than three D. I can't get into stuff like that. Though. That's the problem for me. Is like when I try to see an artist who's done I, that. I, I see that they're maybe they do the three D models, but it looks like they've put a lot more work into it than some other stuff. The lighting is maybe a little weird backgrounds as well and like the first couple of pages when you see the space station in space it just looks like it was done in google sketchup yeah probably who knows uh but i i like the story i like like i said i like how they you know adapt, take something adapt it make it a little different a lot different <laughs> sure uh i, I just I... no go ahead Um, the description for the next issue just sounds weird. Like, I don't know why they decided to focus on this as like, here's what happens next issue. You know, the main character's name is Vasquez. You know, when Vasquez runs out of her medication, her nanny bot Moses comes up with a new prescription. Now she's got, now she has to contend with mood swings and side effects, as well as a horde of murderous space pirates. This could turn out to be a very bad day. This is some weird like, choices. You're not for this selling comic. me on this. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, that's Go unfortunate. Ahead. Yeah. Well, especially let me put it this way: if somebody were to put one of my favorite all, uh, the Neverending Story, one of my favorite books as a kid, into a comic format and then change a bunch of stuff around, I'd probably feel like very mixed things. Right? It's just weird. All um, right, we can move on. Should we go to Spider-Man, Spider Shadow? Yep, so Spider-Man Spider Shadow number one by Chip Zdarsky and Pascal Ferry. So you are the one who loved this, so take it away. Whoa, hang on a second. Did you not read it? I read it. I read okay, it. Okay, Josh. Okay. Yeah, this is my pick of the week. I uh, I, I loved this. I, I loved this way more than I thought I was going to because I was kind of conflicted with how Chip Zdarsky had ended his uh, life story of Spider-Man uh, run. Because I plan on reading that at some points. Don't spoil it. The biggest thing that I can say about that is that Chip Zdarsky, I love his writing, but I feel like when I read that, I was surprised to see how, I guess, kind of depressing it was in a lot of ways. And I just didn't really expect that from, maybe I, maybe that's my own fault, uh, but I didn't expect that from a Spider-Man story in a lot of ways. But he very much was true to the unique history and story of spider-man and it kind of makes you reevaluate how 
how the comics have been over the last you know 60 uh years uh this feels different in a lot of ways i don't know i'm just excited about this for one thing i'm excited about the fact that it's a what if story that if you didn't notice in the top right corner it says what if and that's it does to be their yeah. new i love there was letter. a there was an afterword by chip zadarsky yeah where he said this is leading to a, yeah this is leading to a new wave of what if series like so instead of just one single issue we're getting what if yeah. six issue minis of stuff like this yeah. Which is exactly what I want, baby. Um, so do you think Chip Zdarsky is heading up all of this? Like he's taking over as like um, showrunner for all of this? Or do you think he's just like, hey, we need you to write about this as the start of what if? It would be surprising to me if they didn't take advantage of this because they should be trying to make, that should be their focus in the same way that Black Label or Elseworlds or whatever is going on with DC. That should be hand in hand all of the time because mm-hmm. that's a unique subscriber that you can have right there where they don't want to have the main universe stuff and all they get is the what if stuff and the else world stuff yeah that's well, they it. take the classics there are people like that yeah exactly they, they take and the classics and say here's what package you know happen differently you know what and this falls exactly into what we were just talking about with take repackaging the uh old and into making it somewhat new um I can see why you guys had some criticisms with this art, but I liked it a lot. I think it was. Well, I really well did I criticize the it. art? This, yes. This is like, did this I? looks like some classic Spider Man stuff. Like, it's very similar uh, to the 90s TV show. I could see that. Uh, for me, this was something that felt really uh, Chip Zdarsky esque. <laughs> I don't know really what that means, I guess, but what I'm. When I picture Chip Zdarsky's artwork and how it's been colored, especially, I think this fits really well with that. I think that this this makes me want Chip Zdarsky to write a whole series of Spider-Man again. And I felt that way before. And I, I keep feeling this way every time I read his stuff. I'm very excited to see him do 20, 30, 40 issues of Spider-Man, whenever that may be. Chip, I will fucking find you. You write those goddamn I, Spider-Man stories. Yeah, I've just I looked back like and I didn't criticize the art, so... Yeah, you did. You, you know absolutely what? did. You now said look back. that. Look now back. That you mention it. it. I think there's two different artists going on here, because or the art style kind of changes. Like we got Mary Jane with you know these kind of shadows going on, and then uh, you know later on, Peter and Aunt May are talking, and like the type of shadows and coloring has just really changed. Mm-hmm. I'm. I really enjoy it. I. Uh... I also really like this design for uh, Peter Parker Venom, like the the yeah. kind of at the start eyes the and the, no at the end where he has like the multiple different eyes and it looks more spider esque and he looks just look way more yeah. swole. Yeah, he definitely upgraded right there. Yeah, I also dig that this is coming. I know like where this is fitting in the Spider Man storyline, and that's that's pretty much yeah, it, it said in the, this. Yeah, at what point the is the split supposed to happen? Like where did where are we have where are we diverging at? Are you it asking me? On, Sean seems like he was talking. Yeah. It says on like the credits page, the story takes place um, around oh, yeah, Spider-Man no, two five eight. But mm-hmm. me, as someone who hasn't read the actual Venom original Venom storyline, like at what kind of page does it seem like? Oh, here is where he would have split himself from Venom. So there's a couple different points where that's changed quite a little bit. Um, the interactions with uh, Reed Richards was 
somewhat same same uh the big difference is how the venom symbiote is reacting to peter parker and um little things go wrong like when he's thinking about going and visiting the fantastic four kind of like the same way that uh when he was shooting his webs and they stopped when he thought about it um but when he went and was told that it was a venom symbiote that it was something that's alive he was way more like what do you mean it's alive oh my god and then he starts okay. bouncing around trying to rip it off of him but it gets tighter um this is a lot more like i'm open to this being a part of me now like that was a big part of the switch um the nightmares are also different um there was never any nightmare sequences like this um there was sleepless nights there was a lot of tension there's a famous cover of him being torn between the two suits uh that you see uh pretty regularly around i think it's two two ninety two ninety maybe i don't know but this is interesting to see too because this is let's see if i can remember here the hobgoblin story arc was really interesting to see and it did parallel into the uh black suit but I don't remember Kingsley being the guy who was Hobgoblin. I thought that that was uh, Ned uh, Leeds still. That's the thing I'm trying to remember. I could have swore it was Ned Leeds originally. Hmm. I don't know. You're the spider so, guy here. Right spider before uh, one of the nightmares that Peter is having, right before Mary Jane wakes him up, is this supposed to be a Ghost Rider? I mean, it's a flaming skull. Uh, I can see why you would think that. No, it's supposed to just be like a representation of death, I believe. Okay. Yeah, that's how I took it. You know what? I w I'm wrong. The first one was uh, Robert Roderick Kingsley in 238, which is funny because I actually have that issue. Um, Ned Leeds is like the second or third one, something like that. So there you go. Bob's your uncle. Um, yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to the rest of the series. I also... It's four issues right now, but I really hope that this expands into uh, five or six issues uh, because of popular demand. That would be cool. Um, what did you guys think? Yeah, I really liked it. I don't read yeah. a lot of Spider-Man despite liking the character. But yeah, it's nice to have a story like this where it's like, it is like you said with the Black Label stuff. It's just a little out of continuity story that's easily accessible. Right. Like Which is what Marvel... like that's dc's strength they have like all these little mini series that they're not necessarily out of continuity but also not in continuity yeah but yet with marvel it's like oh this like come read dan slot's 10-year run on spider-man and it's kind of like yeah. but i want i don't want to read like a long run on spider-man i want like a single self-contained story especially yeah. if and you're this... new huh especially if you're new yeah and yeah. it just yeah it so gives writers I've more never... freedom as well, not being tied by continuity. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah. that there's a lot of people who don't really know about the accessibility of trades either. You know, when they get into it, I mean, I'm sure if you go to a library or if you actually read a book, like you're probably going to know that there's going to be trades out there, but it's not something that's easily discussed. Most of the time people are thinking that you could just like, like I had a neighbor just asked me recently, uh, like, hey, do you have any issues, issue, old issues of Batman that I could read sometime? And I'm like, no, unfortunately, I don't have thousands of dollars that I can just of product that I can just let you read. And she's like, wait, what? And she had like no idea. The normies have no concept of like how expensive this stuff can get. Uh, Accessibility is just not there. That just reminds me, I, I had a whole short box full of Deadpool stuff that I let a friend borrow and I never got that back. Ooh, that sucks. I hate that yeah. shit. Yeah. You should hit him up. Yeah. Deadpool back. Yeah. Uh, so 
the I wanted to note, I you know, the the only exposure I have to the, you know, the original Venom storyline is the cartoon from the 90s and mm. Spider-Man 3, Sam Raimi film. I never read the sure. comic. Why one. did Peter not dance in this? I, I meant, and tell, yeah, tell I people meant to bring that up. Tell people he's got a bit dirt in their eye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I, this was totally accessible. Uh, yeah. I love the what ifs and the Elseworld stuff because it feels like there's actual stakes here. People can die. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Immensely. So you, you have no idea what's going to happen next. Yep. Um, I mean, spoiler it alert. Can break all sorts of rules. Spoiler alert. A big thing happens in this book. Aunt May dies because of the Hobgoblin, which was fucking brutal. And it the was off screen. Was... She's going to come back on the last page of this four issue miniseries. I know, right? Yeah. I, I'm here to talk to you thing. about the. It was me, Peter. <laughs> it was me. I drew Lola Bunny without big boobs to make you less horny, to make you run less fast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to get over that one. Um, I really want to do a quick praise on this because I think that there's um, uh, there's a, a point of tone and pacing and allowing characters to be framed in a certain way in this book that carries that horror movie feel to it. When you feel and read the Venom symbiote talking to him and he does not acknowledge, he acknowledges it once and then just accepts it immediately over. That's, you can feel the fact that it's taking over his mind. You can feel the fact that there is pressure. There's a distance. There's a tension in between like the amount of darkness that's coming over him. And it feels like, a horror movie experience. And I think that Zdarsky has done a phenomenal job of doing that. Uh, I, I was very surprised to see him write it like this because don't get me wrong, Stillwater's fantastic, but I just definitely don't have that tone in there that I found in this, which is interesting. Huh. You see what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, I get you. Still, Stillwater has tension. It has characters that could die at any second if they're not in the town. It has high stakes when it comes to what could happen next with the sheriff. But with this, I read it, I read the panels, and I feel it. Stillwater, I didn't really yeah. get that. I had in the yeah, first no issue. One's getting, no one's getting startled Yeah. in Stillwater. That, that's exactly what I mean. So I think that that was a big reason why I chose this to be my pick of the week, is it just it clicked in me and I just was like, that's, that's how I know. I feel it right there. Halfway through it. I was like, this is it for me. This is my pick of the week. I didn't, I did not expect it to be. I expected uh, the Batman detective comic to be the one for me, which I still enjoyed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I on? guess that takes me and Josh on to Thor and Loki double trouble. Number two by Mariko Tamaki and Guri Hiru. Are you guys still enjoying this? Still. Decent enough. Yeah. Uh, This had the same problems as the first issue, which is it's aimed at kids. Yeah. I mean, is that a problem? No, I can't really fault it because, like, I'm not its target market. Right. It's well written. It's fun. But yeah, it is a a kid's book. Thor and Loki are are one dimensional. Because sure. the art is incredible by Guri Hiru. I mean, there's no denying that, but it's like... I, I like the things me... that 
you know, how things are, you know, get resolved, you know, the ideas they come up with to deal with the situations they're in. It's, mm. it's fun. But the dialogue is a little lacking. Okay. Yeah. You know, every I mean, time, you know, it's Mary Kutsumaki. I mean, they're, they're very talented writers. So, I mean, I'm not just, yeah, I'm a little surprised but, by that, but they, they kind of lean in on, you know, like very basic Thor and Loki stuff. Thor gets mad at Loki and Loki's like, oh, I, you can't blame me for any of this. It, yeah. I, he yeah. says that three times in this issue, I think. I take no blame. It's interesting to see when an artist, uh, I'm sorry, a creator tries to edit their writing style to fit a different type of target audience and market, right? Yeah. Like Clyde Barker did a series of kid kids books and I, the entire time I'm like, this guy has written some of the most sexual stuff I've ever read in the book. And I cannot get over that. Yeah, I don't think there's really a lot we can say about it. Like it's it's a lighthearted fun story that does just feel like your typical Saturday morning cartoon. Mm. Oh, that's okay. I mean, yeah. that's all you have to say about it. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. The solution to blowing a horn and summoning a dragon is to uh, blow the horn louder and summon a bigger dragon. Of course. Because <laughs> how else would you? <clears throat> how else would you resolve it? I don't know, but that gets resolved halfway through, and then you know the story kind of changes pace. Uh. They really focused on this uh, ice cream shop that got destroyed. So during uh, the battle, and I, you know, a bunch of places get destroyed. But they keep going back to the ice cream shop. It's mostly for a joke. Oh uh, yeah, it was but I was Odin's favorite stool. Yeah, but I was looking at the. Uh, you can see the ice cream cone with the three, yeah. you know, three scoops on it. You know, I was thinking like, okay. Like, maybe they're trying to do, like, a metaphor here. Like, you know, it's just the three flavors, like, for Neapolitan, but a little different. But you got the, you know, Thor scoop. You got the Loki scoop. You got some other scoop here. I was like, okay, well, wh when is a third character going to come in on this? Is one of them Odin? Because the top scoop's yellow and he's wearing golden armor. Well, I figured the, you know, Loki's kind of aesthetic. I mean, is green. Sure. Thor's got, you know, he's wearing black, but he's got the blonde hair. I don't know. I didn't really think about Odin being the person, but in the, uh, you know, advertisement for uh, issue three. Yeah. And pink's obviously the woman. You know, girls. Yeah. Girls. Girls are pink. How progressive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. I was going to say, like, Beta Ray Bill. He, he likes um, pink. Josh, did you read uh, Tom Taylor's Detective, uh, Batman the Detective? No. Oh, shame. This was a good issue. I know. I, yeah, this is very good. I didn't like the art. Uh, Batman uh, the Detective number one by Tom Taylor and Adam Kubert. Uh, Thank you. I like Adam Kubert. Kubert. Is it Adam or Andy? Andy Kubert. Adam is his dad, maybe. My bad. Andy. You gotta go to school, yeah. man. Yeah. 
Hubert like School of Learning How to Draw Comics. Yeah. Why didn't you uh... Wait, cut this cut this part out, sorry. <laughs> why did you uh I'm actually not tired, I don't know why I yawned. Um why didn't you like the art? I'm just not a fan of Cuba in general. You never have been? Never have been. Everything he's worked on, like he did some Grant Morrison Batman stuff. He's done Oh yeah, that's all I picture when I see Cubert doing Batman anything now. It's just like, oh yeah. this is a Morrison book, and now I can't get out of that. <laughs> he he loves the trench coat look, doesn't he? I mean, can you blame the... him? It looks cool. It does look cool. But yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm not a fan of his. Like it's not bad, it's just not for me. It's a little blocky and a little sure. Yeah. Do you remember issue 666 of uh, Batman when yeah. uh, Damien in the future was wearing the trench coat? Yeah. That's what I was kind of picturing here. Don't get me wrong. This is a really cool outfit. I like what Tom Taylor is doing with this. This is another one of those moments where I'm like, Tom Taylor gets these characters and I like it. He really does. He, he really does. And I, I would not say that Tom Taylor is on the level of like Tom King necessarily where Tom King can Tom take King six to 12 will give issues. You some existential crisis with this character and really delve into mental health but when it comes to the accuracy and the heart of these characters taylor does it best yeah uh it's not even just like about the mental health thing too i think that it's also that king really likes prose i mean look at how many times he quotes shakespeare or some random fucking like philosophical books that i've heard of but i've never taken the time to read because i'm a basic tom taylor is more like i know what a comic book is i know how to have fun with it i know what my limitations are but i know how to push enough of that boundary to give you something that you didn't really necessarily expect yeah i didn't fucking expect batman to fight a ghost that was awesome the gentleman ghost is just like mutated that in the gloves that he got from Constantine. Oh my God! Come on. I love that. It was so funny. I, I did a Chris Evans like hold myself laugh when I when I read that. <laughs> yeah, I I love the bit in the hospital where um, it was like, did you impress the hell out of her? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh come on! It's like, I yeah, I, I punched a ghost in front of her. <laughs> <laughs> that sequence alone, you have to just say, Tom. I would if I see him, I'm just gonna give him money out of my hand. Just be like, just take it. I don't care. I just love you. You're you're great. I I like you. You're fantastic. Thank you for that. Like I don't know if that's gonna be weird, but I can't. I just want to. You know what it is? It's like that sequence in South Park when uh, Token is hanging out with uh, uh, Tyler Perry and is constantly just giving him money for every single joke that is made. That's what I want to do for Tom Taylor. Is I just want to hand him money out of my pocket. Just be like, thank you. <laughs> I can see what you mean about Adam Kubert or Andy Kubert, but I think that Kubert has some strengths when it comes to short stories like this, right? Because this isn't necessarily like, and correct me if I'm wrong here, this is the same guy who worked on uh, Dan Slott's uh, short run too, right? Dan Slott's run on what? After... Yeah, I, I was right. Um, renew Your Vows, that's what it was. 
the difference is that there was a different colorist on that. And I think that's why it stood out a little bit different. The colorists that they hire for the Batman stuff and inks, I think, was this Danny Mickey? That was definitely um, Danny Mickey. Um, Danny Mickey is a fantastic inker. Cuba did the inks himself. Really? That's interesting. Okay, though well, that probably has something to do with it then. Danny Mickey, what did he uh, do? I know he did something that I read this week. Anyways, the point I'm trying to get across is that, like, when you look at the two different art styles, like, there is a noticeable difference, which is weird because it's the same dude. Um, if you look at the line work that's done in Renew Your Vows, it feels a little bit more modern, like Art Nouveau, I guess. Whereas with Cuber uh, in this now, it feels more black heavy. The lips are more straight and narrow. The bottom lip has a lot more chiseled uh, nature to it, especially when you're looking at night when she's falling out of the plane. Look at the way that the facial hair is drawn onto uh, Batman. It's not the same thing. I'm going to give you a example of uh, cover and you'll see, I'll show you what I mean. I just sent it to the group chat. This is the issue number four cover. Uh, look at Boomerang's beard. Look at how the arms are done. It's not done by yeah. this. It's a completely different inking style. I feel like when there's a little bit more smoothness to Kubert's art style, it's it's more pleasant. And that kind of sucks to say because he was the inker on this. So like, what does that say? Hmm. I don't know. That was a long-winded rant. Sorry. <laughs> Are we sure this is the same Cuba? That's Adam Cuba who did the cover you sent. This is Andy Cuba who did the Batman book. They're different people. That was his dad then. Which one is Junior so and which one is... Have like, yeah, Junior. Papa. Junior, Junior. You can have more than one son. I have two. Oh, I'm wrong. It's the their brothers. Adam and Andy are brothers. No. That's funny. Which one's the golden child? Uh, Andy is the one who does Batman regularly, and he was the one who also did uh, the Grant Morrison one. So this is the same guy. Uh, Adam is the one who's done Spider-Man and Wolverine. Yeah. Adam one of does them took DC. Right one of them took Marvel. Dude, and this whole time I've been telling people the wrong fucking thing. I didn't know these two were two separate dudes this whole time. I'm oh a terrible comic fan. I'm canceled. They're Cancel so me prolific. Well, that they reminds me. My dad. They don't have similar dad, styles at all. <laughs> my dad lived next Fuck. door to a guy who had the same name as him. And they're both in the military. Oh, yeah. Their files got combined. That. Yeah, and they became like a super soldier, you know, <laughs> decades of experience. And they're like, how did you do this? You had this much time. Oh, man. You were here doing this. And at the same time, you and were here you were over doing there? that. How? They're like, you must have been fucking amazing. <laughs> they're so incredibly impressed. You were the they greatest pencil pusher ever. <laughs> I love it. Well. You heard it here first, uh, live on air, guys. I am just a fucking idiot when it comes to creators, apparently. God damn, fucking end me now. End I, my what, is, what is it? Uh, acknowledging the problem is the first step. You know what? I just, I need to go fucking off myself. You know, this works that we're in a uh, cult. If you guys want to join me, please. Fuck. All right. Well, I guess we should move on now because that's fucking embarrassing. <laughs>
All right, okay. go ahead. Well, that takes us on to Rorschach number seven by Tom King and Jorge Fornes. Now, when Raise we start speak, when we started speaking about the last issue, <laughs> I was like, "Did anyone else get the feeling but Frank Miller's Rorschach?" And then we open this. <laughs> First thing you see: <laughs> bald head, modern Frank Miller, wearing a Rorschach mask. There he is. But it should be clarified that this is this does not like clarify that this is like he's the new Rorschach now and he's gone out into the world making new changes. For all we know, he could just be, I'm Frank Miller and I'm going to be Rorschach at home. You know, yeah. That, for all we know. But every artist yes. dresses up as the, uh, you know, right? as like their how favorite many other superhero. are going to do this, right? Like also. Andy and Adam I, dress up as Batman and Robin. I have got a fun fact, two fun facts about this issue. Okay. So this seance, we see Frank Miller, um, Otto Binder and the others go to actually happened. Mm. No. Yeah. What are you talking about? Tell me. The seance actually happened back in like the 70s. No. Frank Miller went to a seance with other comic artists. No. Is Otto Binder so a real weird. person or is he supposed to be uh, a stand in for some other artist? I, think I can't he's real. believe that. Yeah, Otto Binder was real. Okay. Comic what artist. Did he, do? Uh, he died in 1974. Amazing stories. What That's what he did. He did uh, the Super Supergirl uh, movie, by the way. Um, he did some action. Co- he did like a lot of the typical action comics, detective comics, Superboy, Superman, adventure comics, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He also did some Fawcett comics. He did a little bit of Captain America at Marvel. Oh, wow. He did uh, Fawcett comics with uh, Captain Marvel at one point. Damn, that's old stuff. Lots of publications, man. That's a shame what happened with them. Mm. I, I want to call this okay, out really and... quick. Really quick. The Amazing Fantasy 15 cover reference. Thank you. Because oh, Steve yes. Dicko, come on. Oh, yes. This, the attention to detail on this uh, is so good. Where they I got hate. the style of the printing and it's just slightly offset. They put mm-hmm. the signature right here. Mm-hmm. So much detail. Really quick. My, my I, second I just... fun fact about this issue Frank Miller wrote his own dialogue. No, he did not. He did. No. Ah. Yes. <laughs> you think you'd get a call out in the credits or something? I yeah, love Tom. That. Uh, Tom King said it in a interview on a podcast. I fucking love that. I love that. Which one, Josh? Which one is it? It's probably their the dad. original. Yeah, Dave. Joe. Joe. Joe? <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> Tommy. Jerry. Anyway, Jerry. this issue. Okay. I'm I okay really I just because mm, I I shouldn't love all of the references to Amazing Fantasy 15 that ever come out because there's a fucking million of them but I love every single one of them that comes can out. I just say I that I for, forget about the Amazing Fantasy cover for a second. Can we talk about the pirate version of the famous Dark Knight Returns image? Oh my yes. god! For the Dark, Dark Five. Five Returns. Dark Five. But yeah, Frank in Frank Miller's house, he's got a massive painting on his wall. Of yeah. Dark Five of the lightning strike kind of. Yep, yep, yep. 
I, oh, I gotta... that was a painting. I thought that was like his TV. He was like in the middle of watching his movie. No, it was like a, <laughs> a big long stretch of painting. I see it really... now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I actually thought that this was in some ways like being really critical of Frank Miller. And I was like, I wonder how Frank Miller is going to feel about this. But now knowing that he wrote that makes so much more fucking sense considering yeah. how bitter he is as a person. Yeah. yeah. In a world where superheroes exist, they just kept going with pirate but adventures. I found it really interesting the way it addressed Frank Miller's own trauma with 9-11 and replaced it into the Watchmen world. I have goosebumps now that you've said that to me and I am so excited. Yeah, because Frank Miller literally had his office window looked out at the Twin Towers and he saw the planes hit them. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, uh, I'm, I'm going to call yeah. the episode. And I need this... to go outside and like, touch some grass. <laughs> and then this, he was there when the squid came to... When the squid happened. Fuck, man, this is... Yeah. You, you're, my mind is right now. Like, I'm fucking falling to pieces in my own head. Um, I, I, wish... I don't like it when comics get meta sometimes, but this is fucking great. Yeah. Well, they, you know, the work with write what you know, use what you know kind well, of thing. Frank Miller they... has said before that, like, he feels like it's hard to be honest and stuff like this, but. Pouring yourself out. And I love it when writers throw around the word truth, you know, when it comes to their writing. And like, what does that even mean? Like, how much truth can you pour into a Batman? But apparently you can. And that's interesting to see. Just makes you think, I guess. Makes you think about like what you can create when you like look at yourself and then look at what you can put down on paper. I don't know. Yeah. I kind of wish that we would have been able to see the, uh, static noise change as we see Myerson listen to it over and over sure. again as he ages I I had a hard time with the tape sequence because the the noise didn't translate to me at all like I actually kind of just skimmed through it but I was trying to force myself to read it like how they must be hearing it but I, I had no ability to do so whatsoever all I could do is just try to imagine, hey, what are these guys like here? What are they hearing? What are they thinking in response to this? That's all I could really do. Outside of that, it didn't do much effort, all that much for me. I feel no, bad I about agree. that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, this is interesting. This issue is interesting. The facts that you've told me are fascinating. That small sequence is the only thing about it that I found hard. Like, that's it. This is still it's, one of the more... be interesting to see how this translates into the bigger picture. Yeah. Because I still, we're more than halfway now, and I, I still don't left. know what the story's doing. We've still got the tease from yeah. the first issue with um, Walter Kovac's fingerprints being found. Yeah. yeah. Like, I still don't know what the end game is here and what we're working towards. I mean, I'm surprised at how well this is like moved on because this very much could have been just another one of those oh like we're gonna make money off of the Watchmen stuff but this is a story that is its own thing and I want people to talk about this 
way down the road years from now. I want people to come back and be like, you know, I really want to read that. And I'm going to be like, oh my God, you have to fucking read it. Yeah. Because I feel that way right now. And I love that. In fact, this issue has now overtaken my love of Strange Adventures. Strange Adventures, I feel, spins its wheels a lot. It does, but it does it does it in a way that yeah. is captivating. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, they, I agree. You know, they, they've done Strange Adventure call-outs in here before when... Uh, yeah, they have. Yeah. I like the cover. The, the covers the, for this whole series have been great. Yeah. It's got Fornes down here. Uh, and King is... I don't see it. Oh, that would be Fornes' uh, signature, won't it? Yeah. I don't know if uh, 037 means anything. Yeah, the covers on this whole series have been great. I just realized they're Frank Miller's eyes on the cover. Are they really? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Oh, it looks like them. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, All I right. guess that leads on to Joker number two by James Tyne number fourth and Guillaume March. This is oh, that yeah. whole... March March. Like, this this feels like what you had said before. Like this is like a very powerful week for a lot of the creators here, and this is no exception to that. This was a great sequel. This I... is Joker is based on the two issues so far. This is quite possibly the best in continuity Batman story I've ever read. Okay, you know, with how it's going right now, I don't mean I don't know if I necessarily disagree, but damn, it's 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 damn like, good. Batman's had a lot of strong out of continuity stuff. He's had a lot of strong in continuity stuff, but like the way this is addressing continuity and it addressed the new 52 hair color thing, it addressed a controversial moment from the most recent Batgirl run. Yeah. It's addressing them all and making sense of them and making them work with continuity. Yeah. It's yeah. addressing the Oracle uh, spine issue with the implant, how much time yeah, that, that as might well. be. Who knows? Um, they did that in Arrow, guys. You just had to ruin my excitement for this issue didn't you josh <laughs> why are you the way that you are every time i, I try I don't and, know. every time i get excited about something fun and interesting you ruin i it. mean like arrow was just aping you know the oracle story so it, it literally was because yeah. they even came up with a nickname like a alias for him they were like oracle and uh, oliver was like it's already taken yeah <laughs> uh okay <laughs> I didn't really care for the uh, bookend pages, the first three and the last three pages. Interesting. The last page got me very excited. Oh, yeah, for the Court of Owls. I yeah. told you, this guy looks like he could be like Talon, this big hulking guy. Is he going to be Bane, who's been brought back to life by the Court of Owls to be a Talon? I don't know, but I, I was on the money with the Court of Owls, you know, calling her out like that. Yeah, you were. It's interesting to see Lady Bane in this. Um, the speculators have already jumped on this and tried to like push it on eBay. Um, my shop was only allowing one issue per customer for this issue. <laughs> Has Lady Bane not been done before? Every, every issue Tynan releases with a new character I know. sells out. 
Okay, so this family down in what was it, Texas? Yeah, that. This, what the fuck? Is this? You know, they talk about the guy taking the fall. So this was the guy that uh, the story that Jim Gordon was telling in the first issue. That guy belongs to this family. Yeah, the guy that was like flaying the yeah lady. I didn't think of that, but you're right. You know what's weird about that is my immediate first thought was Texas Chainsaw Massacre because it takes place in Texas and they're cannibals. Yeah. Yeah. Am I wrong? Like, are these characters that we uh, know of that have like existed before? I thought maybe the third one was Professor Pig, but I don't. Oh, Just yeah. Just because that's he's a butcher. But he's got like a little chef's hat and it doesn't look like him. I'm going to say they're new characters. They're the Samson family. There be new characters then. We don't know anything about Billy Samson. That's not a character. Name doesn't stand out to me. None of these, yeah, none of these characters seem like they're familiar to me whatsoever. Like I at least acknowledge that the new Court of Owls lady Cressida is something that's going to be building towards the Court of Owls. That's I, I I'm okay with that. This facility making a new Lady Bane, cool. I almost expect the cannibal Texas family, though, to be someone that has come from previous comics. So I was kind of thrown off. Yeah. Um, yeah this was like a good issue. The plot is moving forward at a fast pace. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's going necessarily fast. Not I would too say fast, it's going it's, at... it's introducing a lot of moving pieces. Mm. Well, they've kind of, you know, upped the stakes because it's not just Jim Gordon going yeah, after yeah. the Joker. Now we've got four parties, uh, three parties involved, because he's basically working for the Court of Owls, unless the yeah. Court of Owls sends somebody else. Uh, Tynan said recently in an interview that he has a three-year plan for Batman and Joker. How long has he been on now? God damn. Well, he's done two issues of Joker. But I think well, this like, is going to be... I think three years from now, because he's going to have them running parallel to each other. Well, you remember what happened when uh, Kate said that he was going to be on Venom for years and the end of the league yeah. only ended up being like three years, so... Yeah, but... I mean, that's... Don't Tynan... get me wrong, Kate did a great job, but... Yeah, well, Tynan's definitely selling well enough to have that longevity. It's just up to him whether he stays there. Oh. You know what's weird? Is I got my shot hours ago and I'm only now feeling like the soreness in my arm. Mm-hmm. That's you go take some Tylenol. Uh, nah, I've had worse pain. I probably don't need Tylenol for it for this. It's just uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, uh, have we met this Desmond guy before? Who was Desmond? Which one? Desmond, Which one was, Desmond? was the weird Hitler-looking guy with the oh. scarred face, burnt-off face. Oh, that guy. Um, he owns the Los Polos Hermanos chicken shop in Albuquerque. <laughs> How Very could nice. I forget? <laughs> Los Poros Hermanos. I can't believe they um, recast so. him with a white guy, though. <laughs> controversial. Very <laughs> controversial for them. But you know, pro progress. You got to make progress. Um, what's his name again? Desmond? It just says Desmond. Uh, uh, whatever the name I don't think they said the name of the uh, syndicate the network a series of luxury getaway spots hidden around the world is he in this looks like a new character. 
I don't think I've ever seen this character. Yeah, I don't recognize him. Yeah. It has to be. He's in Belize right now, isn't he? Oh, is it Belize? Yeah, you're right. I, I love this face that the Joker's making right here. It's just such the, a weird choice. The Joker artwork is like some of the worst in the book, I think. It just seems like his artwork suits like the dark shadows and stuff. And then when it's like bright, sunny Belize, it just looks a bit, I don't know. Huh. But yeah, I'm loving this. The backup was okay. Oh, yeah. And they tied it into uh, Batgirl 50. Did they? Well, yeah, yeah. with the, the, the confrontation between uh, Gordon and Oracle talking about... Oh, right, that one, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she, uh, Barbara was basically like, so you were fucking with me, you know, back at you know the end of that issue when you're like, oh, I'm going to hold Oracle accountable. Yeah. Yeah, and he was la- he admitted that he was lashing out about that. This yeah. is the thing that I, I forgot were just it was this about. issue. I thought it was issue one where this happened, but him just coming out with knowing who Barbara was or who Oracle was. Power move. How yeah. fucking great was that? Yeah. When he said, I can't help but smile, I started smiling so hard. So good. Tiny man, what the fuck? He's so good. He's so good. If I ever see him in person again, I am going to just give him money. <laughs> I am, man. I really am. I'm just gonna be like, look, dude, thank you. Like, fucking sign my ass, do something, let's go. You're bad with um, money, aren't you? Well, <laughs> yeah. You're like, I, I just bought a second Xbox. I spent like a thousand dollars on Magic the Gathering. If I ever meet these people, I'm just gonna give them money. <laughs> yes, you don't need to announce it to the whole class. Um I actually did not expect to enjoy this. I, I actually was so hesitant about getting another Joker book, but this is so fucking good. I was hesitant until they announced it was a Jim Gordon book masquerading as Joker book, and I was like, you yeah. son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> you son of a bitch, uh, I'm in. And the narration works so well. So good. Like, so it's, good. It, it's, there are so many people who try to do Frank Miller's narration style and just fail. And this is not trying to do Frank Miller's narration style, and it's just doing its own thing and succeeding in doing so. Yeah, this is the voice, the the voice definitely feels like Jim Gordon. Yeah, absolutely. This is the best book Tynan's done at DC, I think. I I agree. Like I his writing has come, his writing's come a long way since he first came to DC. Right? Like, how did you? He progressed so hard, so fast. It's so weird. Yeah. Like Batman Eternal, oh, Batman and Robin Eternal, they were both just I know. not no, great. Batman and Robin then... Eternal was still like fun. I enjoyed yeah, it. It was fun, but it wasn't good. It. I mean, it, it I made it made I... weird retcons to Tim's parents well, that Tynan Ty- then immediately undid in his Detective Comics run. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> yeah, but I think that also has something to do with editorial more than anything. Yeah. We all acknowledge that Batman editorial seems to make some weird choices. I don't know. It's a whole fucking yeah. thing, I guess. I don't know. Uh, shall we move on to Urban Legends? Yeah, Urban Legends number two. We'll start off with a Red Hood story. Holy shit, this was good. 
I know, right? Like it was a, it was impactfully good. Um, this is this another had, one of those examples of Chip Zdarsky being a great writer. This had one of the best Batman scenes I've seen in comics in it. Which part? The bit where he like took down the van and dropped. Oh smoke god! That, and... Yes, same. I felt the exact same way. I, I was, was like, why don't they do that way more often? I was so I actually was. Hyped, he was, but a I was also force mad. of nature in that scene. I'm gonna send Josh that... screenshots in a bit. God, the, the part where he's just like, I'm darkness. And I'm just like, yes, give it to me. That's what I want yeah. in my Batman all the time. And it, it made me realize that exact complaint that I have, which is that there's so much cool shit that you could do with these characters. And there's so much stuff that's just like in the, uh, the, the culture sphere and the mindset of the public where there's yeah. like, yeah, I acknowledge that this is what that character does. Like how, how many times do we actually get to see Bruce Wayne in comic books anymore, barely at all. And it just really baffles me. Meanwhile, very rarely do you get incidences like this. And when it happens, you're just like, yeah, this is so good. That's awesome. And I don't get hyped about stuff like that in comics very often, but I was like, yeah, get it, son. No, this, that scene, I was literally grinning while reading it because it was so good. It was. And I'm not, I can't, I can't personally say, Holy shit, Batman is my guy. Like, I have a big collection of it, but I can't ever say that. This is one of those moments where I'm like, yeah, he's my fucking boy. (laughs) And as well, like, the emotional core of the story of Red Hood was still so good. Like, Chip Zdarsky is such a great writer. I love uh, even the art style of the flashback sequences. Yeah. I, I, I dug it. Ah, uh, man. This is this. We're two issues into this, and it's made Jason a character I care about already. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Also, go to the page two pages after uh, he pushed the guy down the stairs. Okay, why? Because the way Batman is standing, he looks like Michael Keaton. Ooh. I will okay. send a screenshot of that. Just his pose and the way the shadows on his face, the cowl just looks like the Keaton suit. Let me see if I can find it. it Yeah, take your time. What did you think about the uh, end of this uh, issue's part of that story when they were uh, fighting? I really liked it. And then the kid gets involved and it's just, damn. Emotional. Telling an emotional Red Hood story. Who would have thought? Oh, shit. Yeah, you know what? I totally see it. Yeah, that Ah. is Keaton. I absolutely yeah. see it. Yeah, no, that's a good call out. Man, this is such a good... I'm enjoying this so much. I'm even enjoying the backup stories. Well, I guess they're not necessarily backup stories. They're a part of the... They're, they're uh, shorter, though. And thought, well, I, not all of them. The Matthew Rosenberg Grifter one is actually going to be the full five issues. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I read the... I went back and read the Outsiders story from the first and sec, from the first issue and then this one as well. And it's fun. Uh, you know, this is another one of those examples where, like, I actually disagree. I think that it's okay. I don't think it's the worst thing I've ever read. I, I don't even think it's that fun, though. I also went back and read the Future State outside stuff the same writer did, and that was significantly better. Really? Yeah, I think it might just be, because I think the outsider story was only, like, 10 pages, 11 pages. Hmm. Um, let's see. See, it's frustrating for me because it, I feel it like... Was, it was 10 pages. So I feel like maybe... Because I... his Aquaman Future State stuff was really, really good. 
you've mentioned is that a couple outside of times, yeah. future state stuff was like i enjoyed it and then sure. this just seems like a significant step down and i'm wondering if it is just like the 10 page format it's it's not just for. a 10 page format it's three issues only so it's only 30 pages total that he's getting to tell yeah. this very minor story which because it was it, a 20 page the same story from, in yeah in uh, future state outsiders yeah and that was two issues so i mean if this is a continuation about what's going on with that yeah i just it, i don't know no. the following story i really liked i thought the art style was fun i thought the story was cute i i, I mean, didn't get around that to grifter was, uh grifter i'm actually very surprised at how much i'm enjoying matt rosenberg uh right grifter like this i knew rosenberg was good with telling stories with characters that were all kind of pathetic or stupid um but i don't know i i i don't really care about the character grifter but i like how he's writing the character to the point where i find it interesting yeah you know there's a lot of points where it's just grifter being stupid like trying to pretend to know batman's identity just to give him a, a moment's hesitancy to have just the slightest upper hand even if it's only for a split second that just seems like this really backhanded thing that that character would do. And I think that's awesome that Rosenberg can do that. Um, I also really like the dialogue. Fair enough. Like you don't have to necessarily enjoy the art. Yeah. I enjoy the art, but I, I think that it's fitting well with this is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. Um, I'm happy that you made me hop on Urban Legends. So that's all I got to say about it. Yeah, I'm happy I made myself up on. Yeah. I I only uh, checked out because of Zdarsky. See, like, I'm not even that dedicated to, to Zdarsky, but, you know, after this week, I think I have to be. Yeah, he's shot up in my favourite writers within the space of, like, a few months. And, 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 like, fuck you for being so goddamn talented. Yeah. Like, I want to... He's You know what? Zdarsky is the guy who I want to find and hunt down, and I don't want to give him money. I want to kidnap him and then bleed him dry like my own personal blood boy so I can get some of that sweet, sweet talent out of him. It'll taste like maple syrup, though, because he's Canadian. Um, That'll be fine. Actually, I'll pour it on my wall. You don't need to kidnap him. It'd be really polite. He'd just get in your car and be like, oh, we're going to boot. <laughs> the um, first issue of Urban Legends, there was a point that I actually took a picture of because there was a moment where his Canadian was showing. And uh, one of the characters was like, Daddy, we're going for fairy floss. And I'm like, nobody in America calls it fairy floss at all. It's very much a, a European and Canadian thing. Nobody else calls it that. I, I wanted to send that and put it on his Twitter, but I completely fucking forgot. And you got banned from Twitter. That too. That's another thing. Okay, well, that takes us on to Wonder Woman 771 by uh, Michael Conrad, Becky Cloonan, and Travis Moore. Josh, what did you think? It was all right. Strong praise there. Yeah. Uh, eh. There's yeah. some good parts, but it was just kind of a meh issue. Yeah, yeah I, the, I really like the art, but there's just... There's something I can't yeah. quite place my finger on that I'm not enjoying. Is it the story? Is it how it's being told? I don't know because I'm enjoying the story and I'm enjoying how it's being told, but I don't know. I'm I'm enjoying it enough to carry on, but there is just okay. a strange feeling while I'm reading it. 
Yeah, so this issue, we just get more of her sort of exploring this Asgard world, trying to find, trying to get information to help her find the people that are disappearing on the battlefield. Because yeah. the last issue ended with her friend disappearing. I think I'm spending a lot of the issue just waiting for like the other shoe to, to drop because it's like, oh, okay, well, Ratatosk is probably trying to fuck her over in some way. Quite possibly. And it seems like that at the end of the issue from the dialogue of the uh, Nidhogg, but yeah, I don't know. Odin. I really just want to find out what's going on. Why was Odin just hanging upside down with a spear in him? That's a reference to what Odin... It's a reference to Odin's story. Okay. You gotta hang from the tree of your drag soul for... I think it's supposed to be like nine days and nine nights with a spear in mm. your chest. He's okay. just some old wily dude hanging upside down with a spear in his chest. And he well, talks to... We all have our kinks. Yeah. And he talks to Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman's like, I don't understand what's going on. Here's all the things. And he's like, ah, you figured it out. Bye. I feel like... And I kind of discovered this with Southern Cross. I I really like Becky Cloonan's art. But I'm not that big a fan of her storytelling style. I just don't... It's, I don't even know if it's necessarily a style. I just don't think that I've ever read anything from her that I was like, man, I really like this. Which... I hate to say, but that's just how I feel. I'm still going to keep reading for now. Yeah. yeah. I will just have to wait and see how it goes. It's, it's still better than... It, the series is still better than it was before they took over. It's just surprising, again, because like the creative team, you think... It feels like when I see people hop on Hulk, there has been so many great creators who hopped on there, and then they did stuff with it that was just like mediocre or... Uh, lukewarm yeah. at best like mark wade's stuff with indestructible hulk i i wanted to like way more than i did and yes yeah. no tamaki was, really was taken off of she said that she had more plans and she was taken off the book so that's why her run sort of ended so suddenly and felt so rushed i wonder what happened i wonder if there was just like maybe they wanted to hop somebody else on get some new blood they were doing the sweet. they were doing the infinite frontier shake up and moved her around easy yeah. doing that tiresome all right why would dr psycho dr Sisko know anything have any information yeah that was weird he showed up there and he's like oh shit it's his safe space but you know he's making all the uh enchanted uh weapons for people but why would he know anything yeah why would he know anything about you know Oh, Nidhogg has the key. Go talk to that thing. I don't know. It is a little strange. Mm -hmm. Anyway, let's move on to the highlight of the week. One of one of many. So we've got Superman 30 by Philip Kennedy Johnson and Scott Kodlewski. And Josh really read quick. the previous two issues as well. Let's talk about how today is a great day to do about talk about this. Hey, because Superman's today is Superman's eight, birthday. 83. 83 years day. young. 
on this day, uh, 83 years ago, in 1938, uh, the very first superhero was introduced to the world in Action Comics number one. And since then, Superman has continued to be have some ups and downs and highlights, but Superman set the stage for what's, what super, superheroes would be. He would be when the moral you compass think for about it. Hercules was the first superhero. Well, I mean, if, if you want to go even further back than that, you could argue that it was really Jesus. No, because Jesus actually came later. Um... Oh, look at me! I know years, <laughs> <laughs> numbers. Oh, I know. Ooh. You know years, yeah. So, what did you think about this? Because I actually got really emotional with this book. Josh, how did you find? Let's do Superman twenty nine and Action ten twenty nine first. What did you think of those? The Golden Age. The Golden Age. Uh they're all right. Um, I think that is John narrating in this one, the first one, and then Superman is Maybe. narrating in the second. Maybe I don't remember. I just Let read me... these rec- you know, in the past couple of hours. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure Superman is narrating in 1029. Mm-hmm. But I thought maybe John was narrating in the first one. But I might have been wrong about that. Okay, what was... Why, why do you ask? Just curious. I mean, it makes a more, you know, parallel, like, you know, passing off from one person to the other. You know, they're sure. both reflecting in the same way on the yeah, same subject. I, I can't tell who's narrating, and the fact that the text box is green as well was a little weird. Yeah, they're both green. I kind of felt like John was narrating the first one, but I, I definitely know that Superman's doing the second one. Um, there's always a portal for some reason with uh, John Kent. There, yeah, because his infinite frontier story was a portal as well, wasn't it? Well, because it was leading into this, but I yeah. think that you're talking about the fact that, like, there was he fell down a portal with uh, uh, Jor El, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was like an entirely different creature that he helped rescue in issue zero. But that was still another portal thing. Well, actually, what had happened with re- that is he. Uh, he flew into the monster, which was basically the absence of time and space converging in on itself, which allowed for a transportation of time. God, I sound like no. um, yeah. <laughs> And uh, that's what had happened. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not a big fan of Hester's art style. No, it's a little no. strange. I don't mind it. It's all right. Just not my well, thing. What did you think about issue 30 then? Issue 30, uh, I don't, uh, I guess the adventure of the two of them starts in this, but issue 30 seems separate it from is. those two issues. I know it's the start of a new story arc. Uh, I, I definitely yeah, like the... the reflecting of like, you know, writing a letter to your son and, you know, just kind of watching him and reflecting on his past and your past. Dude, I, I'm not even a dad and that, that got me really emotional it really did yeah. like i was reading it and i was like god i'm really not going to cry at a comic right now but just give me a second yeah like, and then we dang. see the uh uh this alien uh civilization where 
you know, family ties basically mean nothing to them. Yeah. And like contrast to what's going on with Clark and John. Well, it's this is another one of those things that Kennedy Johnson seems to have a lot of attention for that I think some other authors kind of scare, uh, skim over, like the translator. Um, Bendis had uh, Superman have some knowledge of uh, some languages, uh, only a few here and there, but he was able to still like do some communication here and there. But this was one of those where there was a reason why they can communicate with them. There was a reason why there was some history here. And it's not very often that I find Superman stories fascinating. I find this absolutely fascinating. Um, and what's more is like, there's a warmth to Superman that I think is captured here. And I really I, didn't expect that from Johnson. Yeah, I love the scene at the beginning where him, Lois, and John are playing mini golf. I, I actually was reflecting on my own childhood because of that. That was so well that's, done. That's something that was missing from Bendis's run, which was them being a family. I mean, I can see why you think that way, but I think that you're missing that there is a lot of moments where there is a lot of humanity with them. I think of anything. I, like, I'm not disagreeing with that, but, like, that beginning felt very slice of life, which was what a lot of Tomasi's run was. And okay, yeah, I to see, see this, it made me nostalgic for that. And, like, I understand Bendis did something different, and this isn't me trying to... I feel like you need to, to go back and check out one and two, because I feel like those did have some really big familial bond moments. Like, there is a lot of moments that feels very human. Um, my personal favorite thing that... And I've said this before is the relationship between Lois and Clark in uh, Bendis' Superman run. I felt like that was the most that I was like, man, I hope we can be, anybody can be in a relationship like that where they're just enthralled with each other. They're opposites in certain ways, but they're absolutely in love with each other down to the most lustful, but passionate parts of themselves. And I think that that's awesome. This felt like that family moment where it was like, they all really clear, clearly love each other they're trying really hard to ignore the fact that they've lost all that time with John and they're trying to get it back. I just really yeah. love this, man. It's so good. I don't think they could, I don't know how to vocalize this. Like it's hard to figure out what age Lois is. Like she could be, you know, a 30 something adult, you know, Clark's wife. Uh, but she also looks like she could just be like, an older sister like she could just be you know in her late teens almost um i think she's supposed to be 35 36 no i'm sorry they're both like 40 okay but it it's kind of like okay this character could be any a very wide age range yeah yeah the art in this issue is my biggest complaint i'm not really a fan of good Lucy. I don't mind it. I think that here it does really well with the aliens, but... Yeah, the aliens the look good, but the humans just look... The rule that you find with a lot of um, comics like Batman and Superman is that there isn't as much risk-taking for different art styles. They want to fit within that mold of a very clean, crisp comic book yeah. art style. And I think taking that risk and having new art styles is going to be something that pays off in their benefit because Marvel had that same thing. And now look at all the artists that they have. Yeah. It's just, you look at the future state issues where we had Mikhail Yanin doing his 
beautiful pages and then to go to mm. this yeah I don't know Batman gets all no, the I'm... hot talent and Superman doesn't get any I I agree and I I don't like that because I, I think that they are really these, this is a great book and I'm happy that it's yeah. getting the attention it deserves with this amazing author on it right now and I mean I think that Godlewski is, is, is not your typical artist but I think that I'm, I'm really honestly interested to see what's going to happen in the future with it because he strikes me as the kind of artist that understands detail. And I think that that really pays off in the future. I think that if you look at Lionel Francis U, that early stuff is rough. But look how much he has changed over time. Yeah. Artists grow. And I've learned to not be as judgmental about artists. No, I agree. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to give them a little bit more of a chance because my first impression is going to be wrong because I'm not, I don't have the eye for it. I know that. There's people who work in this industry who see people and they're like, I know exactly what you're going to be like 10 years from now. You're hired. That's what they do. That's what their job is. And I, I feel like that's what I'm seeing here. Maybe this is not something that we're like used to now, but I guarantee you a couple of years down the road, something about his style is going to change and you're going to be like, what happened? This is awesome. I'm in love. I hope so. I hope so too. Yeah. The big thing I want to know from Josh is, Josh, you actually have a big collection of Superman collections, uh, of uh, Superman in your collection. Considering that you haven't really read a whole lot of modern Superman, and now you're hopping onto this, like I want to know what your think, what your thoughts are, what your feelings are. Um, I think the jury's still out on this. Really? Uh, yeah. The uh, these two, you know. These two issues remind me of uh, when they restarted Superman in the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. The art style at least kind of reminds me of that. And I wasn't into that too much at the time. I mean, this is all right. The reflect, you know, reflecting on, you know, uh, being a parent. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, This issue... um, I'm just kind of a little confused by the story. Uh, I think the, you know, the adventure that uh, John and Clark are on is, you know, I think they're doing a good job starting off with this. Uh, But I don't really know where it's going or what's going to happen. Okay. Uh, I think I kind of want to wait to see how the, uh, this arc plays out. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep reading it because this is continued to show me that this is a very thought-filled, emotional, heart-wrenching, heart-filled storyline that I'm interested to see build. Because Johnson, man, man, what a fucking guy! And I actually expected you to be a little bit more hyped about this because of, of uh, the Last God. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know just yet. Uh, okay. I mean, you have your right to your opinion. I guess I'm just saying that I was I was hoping for you to be a little bit more excited. Yeah. Okay. It's just not, not so worse. you know, grabbing me like the last god. Uh, definitely a lot of stuff in the last few pages to really think about, but I'm just okay. not there yet. All right. So, Sean, when should we kick John to Josh off? Now. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been fun, man. Later, bitches. <laughs> All right. You can't well, fire uh, me. I quit. <laughs> um, is there anything else we wanted to add about this book? 
just it's perfect. Except I really like it. Uh, yeah. Do we know when the story that they're referencing where Superman team? I don't think it's the, a real uh, thing that I've seen before. Okay. Yeah, because typically what they have is they have those little boxes that say, go back and read it issues. Yeah, yeah I didn't yeah. see any of that. So, yeah, I was that, sure. so it, it seems like another one of those, like, let's build some more of the, you know, off-panel backdrop of the universe stuff. And I think it's Johnson doing, like, his last god kind of world building with this, like, new race yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 So All right. anyone want to do any shout-outs? Um, I have one shout out that I would like to do. Um, that's also going to be another Chip Zdarsky book. Uh, Black Hammer Visions by Chip Zdarsky. Uh, another one shot uh, individual story tying itself into the Black Hammer universe. This time uh, focusing on Abraham Slam, who is the Captain America Batman version of this universe. Um, powerless superhero who decides one day, I'm really good at boxing. I'm going to go start, uh, fight crime. And... Uh, I really liked this. This surprised me because, again, Jib Zdarsky wrote a story that I was not anticipating being so into. And it had a focus on humanity and growing up and dealing with masculinity that I did not anticipate whatsoever. Um, I really mean it when I say this. And I said this before you told me that they were making it into a show. I think that this is something that everybody should be checking out, whether you like superheroes or not. And Black Camera Visions is a really easily accessible way of checking out this universe without it leading into the main story, without feeling like you've missed out on a whole bunch of stuff. It's easy. Black Hammer is something I I keep intending to get around to. It just it hasn't happened yet. It will happen it's one, one of day. those it is one of those choices where I regret not buying an issue number one when it first came out. Cause when I bought it later, it was 40 bucks and now it keeps going up in price, but it is a great storyline. Jeff Lemire. I mean, what, what, what can you say about Jeff Lemire that hasn't already been said? That's just not singing his praises. I'm very satisfied with this universe. I recommend it. And I think that's all I'm going to say. What else was in your thick stack, Josh? All right. Uh, we'll do uh, Maestro. Four and Pax. I'm not going to lie. I kind of dig that you're so into Maestro, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I love Future and Perfect. That was one of the first trade paperbacks that I read back in the 90s. Okay. That was one that was good to read over and over again. And I thought, you know, it, I mean, it's... It's Peter David. Peter David's doing this. I know. Yeah, no, I mean, he cares about this universe. It's his creation, so it makes sense. Yeah. Have your opinion. He brought in the Pantheon, which he also created. Right. Uh, we've got... Can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay, sorry. I had a little weird thing happening with my uh, headphones. Uh, we've got Dr. Doom here that they're setting up for, like, the final confrontation. Dr. Doom's okay. like, oh, I traveled to the future to, you know, build my own world. It's easier trying something different um the hulk faces off against the pantheon continues not really much to say other than that they that finishes you know oh maestro's strong he can kill anybody he wants he talks <laughs> them into you know killing a bunch of other people before he kills them 
Oh, they, they say, we're going to take you down. We're going to bury you under rubble because that works. We can, you know, if encasing him in, uh, what is it? Geranium. They're just pouring molten geranium on him. Looks like water. They're like, we're going to put him encased in this and that'll be the end of it. Mm. Also, he looks kind of like uh, Alan Moore. Oh, uh, yeah, he totally <laughs> does. Dude, you just uh, reminded me. I requested a, I, I submitted a, uh, a commission request for an art piece that I have gotten approval for, but I have not gotten a chance to pay. And it's a fight between Grant Morrison and Alan Moore as wizards, like shooting lightning and shit <laughs> at each other. And I, I want it, man. Yeah, that's I'm incredible. gonna contact him after this. Yeah, I like that they're doing the backup stories. Okay. Um, these are better than the ones that it, that DC is doing, or at least I care about these ones. I don't really care. It adds to the current story. It, you know, the ones that DC is putting out, it's like, you know, I don't know, training wheels for somebody else. Like it doesn't add to the current story. It's just kind of, you know, here's a little thing. I don't know. So that's Maestro. One more, one more to go. I don't know if they're going to do another series after this, or if that'll be the end of it. It's been two five-issue series. Uh, I've got two more, uh, unless somebody else wants to jump in with something. I'll jump in with yet another Chip Zdarsky book from this week. He had a <laughs> lot out this week. It's Chip Zdarsky week. Uh, Daredevil 29. Um, it continues the story amazingly. This is the one of the best books out at the minute. And yeah, cool. Tyler, I recommend you catch up. Well, Who's you the know, bad I guy? have uh, the trades, so I just need to get caught up on the uh, last trade, I think, and then I'm on. Yeah, Daredevil gets poisoned in this and gets surrounded by thugs and he uses his daredevil magic to get out of it. And yeah, it's, just, it's really, really good. Okay. Um, there's a lot of like subplot happening in the background. There's a lot of moving pieces. Oh, and there's a fight scene in the rain similar to the one from the TV show. Okay. Didn't they do that in the Ben Affleck movie too? Yeah, it's, uh, it seems to be a common thing. Way what back in the day, Ben it? Affleck did a Daredevil movie. Lies. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> Poor Ben Affleck, because you know Liar! he actually probably is like a big fan of that stuff. I don't know. It's just funny. And then he got the shit under the stick with the Snyder Cut stuff. Yeah. He, he was I good. Mean, he's, he's, he's always loved comic no. books. I mean, they, they talk... I mean, he basically... He plays a comic book artist in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah, exactly. Well, he and Kevin Smith are friends. Like, they grew up like... Yeah. Well, I don't know if they grew up together, but they definitely are friends in, about comic books and everything. Yeah. Well, ever since, at least since Mallrats. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay, what uh, else is on your list, Josh? All right, let's do uh, Birthright. Is it still not over? Almost. It'll be over, and then it won't be, because yeah. we'll have that coda in the Skybound X. Yeah. <laughs> so this is issue 48 of 50. We're almost there. We're almost there. This one's about brotherhood. Uh, you know chasing down and trying to eliminate all the magic users that are abusing magic that are left in this world because we've cut off the world of magic 
and they they did something unexpected for me at least and they went back to a character from like issue five or six that we never saw again they went back and revisited that character for a few pages it's pretty interesting it's like oh my god i had forgotten about that character but they don't they they keep track of all this stuff and then uh then they go to japan the entire uh the entire issue is set in Japan and there are tons of ultra mega and Ultraman uh, references in here. Yeah, Looking I see it. it. And that also looks like uh, an old school kind of style, like Angerous Godzilla kind of combination. I dig that. Yeah. Uh, so they awaken a beast and uh they have a giant kaiju fight. Magic kaijus. Yeah, the, uh, at least, uh, sorry, I should have said, uh, you know, it's written by Josh Williamson, creator, writer. Andrea Bresson is the creator artist. They do a whole kaiju fight and the brothers kind of reflect on what's going on. You know, they've, they've kind of lost their parents. They've been cut off from their parents. And okay. uh, maybe they'll get their parents back. Uh, let's see, what else is there? There's an advertisement for, you know, Ultra Mega in the back here. So like I said, all of the, uh, all of the folks at Skybound just seem to be big fans of Ultra Mega. I guess I'm not that surprised by it because, uh, you know, you look at some of the creators uh, in Skybound and it seems like it just fits, right? Not necessarily yeah. that... Uh, well, I don't think it's a coincidence that they decided to do a uh, kaiju-esque fight for this issue, right? When, you know, Ultra Mega has been coming out for two months now. Yeah. Have you checked out Ultra Mega yet, man? No. I Sorry. bought it in my shop the other day, but I haven't got around to reading it yet. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's very strange. Yeah. I saw one page on Reddit and I was like, this looks cool. I want to read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh I've got one more if you guys don't have anything else. No, sure. that was it for me this week. All right. This one is uh Carmen issue two. I can't really show you any pages in here. Uh, because the uh lady that died died naked and she's just uh flying around uh I'm gonna say they're in like Sao Paulo. But the, uh, the first 10-ish uh, pages are almost dialogue-free. Some great art. Uh, but we see that, you know, not uh, everyone that dies, we got the lady that's acting like the Grim Reaper. Not everybody that dies has the same experience that this lady is having. This guy basically gets... Uh, he dies on an airplane, goes through a ball of light, and basically just flop, falls out of the sky into a uh, ravine where every other dead person is just kind of flying towards something. Some people are clothed, but there is an absurd amount of people that apparently died and died naked. Hmm. Just a whole army. Just all the people that slip in the shower, drop the soap. Apparently. And get yeah. anal raped to death. Good lord, man. Good god, man. 
I hate you. <laughs> How are we doing on time? We're good. We're at uh, 143. One hour 43? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And then we get a bunch of dialogue. Do you remember when you said 45 minutes, Tyler? Yeah, I do. We can do well, all this in 45 do. minutes. <laughs> One hour 43. <laughs> One hour later. Uh, we get you know a whole bunch of dialogue here where our main character is basically like, woe is me. And the Green Ripper is just like, ah, suck it. Get over yourself kind of thing. Uh, and that's about it for that issue. I'll keep reading it, but I thought issue one was better. I'm almost finished issue one now, so I might. Yeah, we'll see if I'm caught up for issue three. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, uh, sorry, I meant to say this is uh, written and the story and art are by Gillam March. So okay, he did Joker. He did the art for Joker. It's a different art style that he does for this. Uh, but it he's got his cycles in sync, you know, because he's got Carmen and Joker coming out in the same week. Mm. Okay. How many books did Chip Zdarsky have this week? Four? Three or four, yeah. Urban four, Legends, yeah, more that we haven't even... Daredevil, Black Hammer, and... Spider-Man, Black Hammer, Daredevil. Oh, Spider-Man as well. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All so, right. Yeah. Let us move on to uh, what's coming up next week. Okay, so next week we have a new X-Men book. We've got Way of X number one by Cy Spurrier. He's a writer I've heard a lot of good things about, so I might check this out. Yeah, I'm going to go check out the uh, Constantine book that he did. So Yeah, that's on my I list. I need to get to... around to it at some yeah. point. How many issues was it? 18, something like that? 12. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, 12 and a one-shot. Okay. Hmm. So um, we, also have, we also have The Many Deaths of Layla Star number one from Ram V, who is a writer I've been enjoying, so I'll probably try and check this out. Okay. Although it's, it's already been... Um, I think it's already sold out and is already getting a second printing. So... Jeez, all right. Yeah. I mean, all uh, right. We, yeah. We also have The Old Guard Tales Through Time, number one, by Greg yeah. Rucker. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> very nice. Wow. You guys are very excited for that. Um, we've also I got love Ultra, Old Guard, man. Ultra Mega, number two. Hell yeah. Um, we've got Superman, Red and Blue, number two. Carnage, okay. Black, White and Blood, number two. Haha, okay. number four. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, another uh-huh. Philip Kennedy Johnson book, Alien number two. Uh, we've got Radiant okay. Black number three, mm-hmm. Justice League number sixty, and Nightwing cool. seventy nine. All right. So yeah. strong week next week. I'm I've also got, bad. yeah, I've also got Post Americana number five for the final Steve issue. Grouchy. It says five of six for this one, but then issue six says six of seven. <laughs> issue seven will say seven of eight. Uh, yeah. Uh, we'll see because later this week, we should, any day now, we should be getting the solicitations for July. Uh, anytime Monday, maybe by, maybe not by until Thursday, but I think starting tomorrow, we'll start to get the solicitations and we'll see what's coming out in July. Okay. And tune in for that episode. Tune in for that episode. 
Yeah. All right. Uh, you know, I want to take this second before we log off here to say thank you to Sean Walsh, uh, because uh, Sean has been in charge of putting out the videos on YouTube, putting out the uh, titles, putting out the uh, information on there, and then taking the audio from that and putting it onto the podcast format. So I just wanted to say thank you, Sean, because you're actually doing quite a bit of work here, and I just wanted some recognition mm -hmm. for that moment. So thank you. Thank you. The one viewer who made it to this part of the episode mm -hmm. is very thankful for information. Or the person that accidentally finally, jumped he got forward all the way to the end. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, I think that we're going to sign off. This has been our book club segment uh, for Cult of Comics podcast. It's been Sunday, April 18th. It's been a nice sunny day to read indoors and talk with friends about some of the best uh, funny books you could read. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all the Pocket Cast podcast locations. Uh, and that's distributed thanks to anchor.fm. If you go to anchor.fm or patreon.com, you can donate to us and do monthly subscriptions or donations, uh, depending on what you get. With Patreon, you get some benefits. You get added bonus content uh, behind the scenes of what's going on, Ask me monthly Ask Me Anythings, and now exclusive new clothing content and mugs that you can start seeing very soon. Um, thank you for anchor.fm anchor for supporting us and distributing all of our podcasts and uh, for being the easiest way to get started making a podcast. Um, I'm no longer on any of the social medias except for TikTok, which is Tyler Brown is here. You can find Sean Welsh at, sorry, Sean Walsh. Sean Walsh is not, not Welsh. How <laughs> dare you? Yep, I'm still not banned from Twitter. You can find me at Sean yet. Walsh 747. Well, I don't, Josh, I don't call for public figures' deaths like you do, so of course I'm not I didn't call him. for yeah. his public death. I just, I just said... You practically plunged the knife yourself. That's what, man. It's just, you're making comments about blood boys every episode, and it, whatever, it doesn't Queenie matter. sleeping alone tonight because of you. No, she won't. She has fresh blood boys. Don't you hear about the QAnon conspiracies anymore? Sleep with the blood boys. She oh, that's not what I. He's heard. having I to spoon the... one of those skeleton models you have hanging in your science classrooms. I heard. I heard. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> because it's the only thing as frail as him. <laughs> oh, Philip. <laughs> Feels just oh, like him. Times, uh... Feels just like the old days. Um, on that note, I think that we're going to call it good here. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, all hail. Stay safe out there. Go get your shot. I just got mine today. I feel a little sore, but that's about the only side effect. Oh, and I bought a bunch of Microsoft products, but that's besides the point. So anything else you guys wanted to say? Thank you for listening, good. guys. Have an awesome rest of your day. Stay, safe. Stay healthy. All hail. Praise.